0: Troops, here we are, another Eagle podcast, another fantastic guest, uh, an area that I haven't had before, motorsport. Um, We're all fans, we all watch it in some way or other and I'm pleased to say tonight I'm joined by the very, very, very fast Sarah Hall. Sarah, how are you doing?
1: I'm all right, thank you. Cheers for having me.
0: No, it's great stuff. Look Sarah, I've followed your uh, account on Instagram for a while and to say the sort of stuff that you do is impressive um is, is a bit of an understatement and um where does your love of motorsport come from
1: uh, my dad 100 percent um he's raced pretty much all his adult life and bikes and cars various different forms of motorsport so i've grown up really with him in the garage following yeah. his racing career and um yeah i kind of had no choice i guess really
0: <laughs> and 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 what's that like um being around sort of cars and, and mechanically minded for, from an early age, is it something that you fell straight in love with or is it something that's grown?
1: Definitely, definitely a passion that's grown. I mean, I've always been, you know, a big supporter of my dad and his racing mm-hmm. and everything he's been doing. I've always followed him from being yep. a small child. Um, our family holidays were trips to Belgium to rally so
0: yeah, <laughs> um,
1: yeah no center park for us it was all rallying <laughs> stuff um but no amazing so i've always been a supporter of that but um i think as a child i probably rebelled a little bit i wasn't that really that bothered um mm. he was always trying to teach me how to drive at quite a young age he was really keen to get me involved and i, and I wasn't so bothered until i got my provisional license and sort of got behind the wheel properly and seen what it's all about and then it just clicked and then yeah that's
0: oh. it at what levels did your father race at?
1: Um, so he raced. He he, he rode Speedway. Um, so he rode he rode there back in sort of late uh, sorry late seventies early eighties. Yeah. And then he moved on to um, he always did a bit of minis, bit of like night valleys and stuff. And then he oh, moved awesome. on to. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. I've just been actually going through a lot of his old photographs and stuff and trying to archive it. So I've been oh, amazing. Uh, learning a lot of his old stories. But um, yeah, and then he moved on to cars and he did a lot of rallying, rally cross. Um, and then he did his his latest um racing championship was circuit racing um and he's currently rebuilding the car so he's he's out at the moment but watch this Wow thing.
0: um you let's let's go through some of that i mean um we we talked before we started the podcast about speedway now um for those who don't know speedway is drifting but on bikes without brakes um
1: it kind of is yeah
0: yeah and and speedway when did you say start mid mid to late 70s
1: yeah, so I think he probably first started riding... I mean, he always rode bikes um, in general, but I think he probably got his first speedway bike sort of mid-70s, and he rode, wow. obviously, for, for a few years uh, for various different teams. Mainly, he rode for Glasgow. Right. Um, and he had a couple of races. On behalf of them, he was sort of substituted in for, for injured riders for Prague. So wow. he rode at an international meeting as well, which is pretty cool.
0: And what's it? how how much is that sport and, and that spectacle grown over the years has it got like um for me it seems like it's almost got like a cult following like a diehard following
1: definitely it's it's still quite an old-fashioned sport there's not a lot of changed really okay. um, if you look at sort of how it how it ran and how it runs uh, sorry like in the 70s and how it runs yeah. now there really isn't that much difference the bikes have changed a little bit and stuff yeah. but generally it's an old-time sport that i think is always going to have that charm because it's it's not a complicated sport. It's mm. four, four riders, four laps, fast as you can. It's easy <sighs> as that really. So it's just um, a minute or so of intense drama.
0: <laughs> and what sort, of, um, what sort of speeds are these bikes getting up to when they're going full flat out?
1: It probably depends on the track because you do have okay. different size circuits. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I would, I would estimate they must be getting up to 60 miles an hour. Wow. Um, I dare say if you're looking at stuff like long track, um, they're about a kilometre long I think they're crazy crazy length wow. tracks so they're like huge tracks um, especially abroad as well they've got bigger yeah. tracks than they have here so they are probably gone a lot faster
0: and where would you say Speedway is at its peak like what, what countries really embraced it or uh,
1: Poland it's massive to be oh, honest really? I think, yeah Poland wow. like, I mean I'm not a football fan in any manner at all if I've right. got an engine I don't care that's basically my <laughs> motto in life um, but you know how the English get about the World Cup, even if you're not a football fan. Yeah. yeah most yeah. people tend to get the fever and get all, yeah. you know, the hype about it. Poland and Speedway is kind of like that. It's
0: really well
1: wow. huge over there, yeah. Really big.
0: Sound. Um and then you sort of mentioned what was he rallying mini mini coopers, mini cup coop rallies.
1: Yeah, so he used to do it. Well, he started off with stuff like night rallies and twelve cars. Oh, so there'd amazing. be like little RAC <laughs> run events and um everyone would have whatever car they had he, he had various minis over the yeah. years um that came to different ends and then he bought new <laughs> ones and yeah he had a lot of fun with that and then moved on to rallycross a little bit and then yeah moved on to kind of bigger and better cars if you like
0: and, and is this how you sort of really got emerged in in the motorsport world and and when, when did you first sort of compete when did you first start getting into it and racing at what level
1: um, I don't really compete at the moment. Okay. I'm more of a stunt driving background, so um, <laughs> faffing about, I think, is the official job title. Um, <laughs> when, <laughs>
0: when you uh, say when you say stunt stunt driving, is that for um, movies? Like, what what where does that come into play?
1: So, I mean, obviously, there's a lot between me being a child and getting into stunt driving. Um, yeah, yeah. I just find out, but um, yeah, I mean my role depends on the project. So I could be potentially doing it for a film, a TV show, wow. um, or I could be doing it for promotional videos for car manufacturers um, and stuff like that. I mean, realistically, I'm still in the early days of that kind of career path.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've been really fortunate and really lucky and work hard to get, you know, a few decent, decent projects to, to get the experience on and work with.
0: And, and how does that like, you have to build a portfolio of you and and to get noticed when you talk about car adverts or say, I don't know, I've seen on your Instagram, you've done stuff for Rolls Royce. Like, yeah. Do you approach them and say, look, I am awesome. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I can and I have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What I actually, I work with basically a a company or various companies, to be honest, that, Um, the run events or they provide drivers so it's not an agency Ah, as such but it's kind of along those lines right it's the easiest way to think of it um the companies um have various different drivers and different staff on their books with with various different talents and experiences and yeah um, because they are known within um the industry yeah the manufacturers themselves will contact this company and say do you know anybody that can do this job basically
0: right and what would, what's a typical sort of a, a day, like a a, top, a a normal nine to five feel like on, on, on the shoot? How does it um, sort of play out?
1: It's a lot of weight. And if you're doing <laughs> filming, um, yeah. I, do, I do two different roles, you see, because I do a lot of the driving, but I also work as a trainer as well. Um, so I, I train people how to drive in a more spirited fashion um but i also do a lot of training for car manufacturers so it'll be product training and stuff like that so they're the more mundane days um if you like compared compared with the stunt driving but if you're filming tends to be you know you you sort of meet and greet everybody that's going to be involved with the project yeah Um, you tend to spend a bit of time with the car so you know Mm. what to expect um whether it's a car you've not driven before you have to learn Uh, do a bit of a recce around the yeah the location just to see what's what you need to just be prepared really and then you'll obviously get a brief of what it is they're trying to do and trying to achieve um a lot of practice runs a lot of a lot of shoots i mean what you've got to do when you're filming really is um you've kind of got to be able to replicate the same maneuver in the same spot and in the same place every single time so you've got to be consistent well and what you'll find is sometimes you're really lucky and you might get do one one maneuver and it's it's in the bag and it's great but what you tend to find is a lot of waiting around because the guys who are running the cameras and stuff like that it's a lot of time to set all that equipment up and get it right and you might be doing the the exact maneuver you want but if they haven't got the lighting right you're gonna have to do it again and it's all kind of trial and error until they get that perfect shot
0: yeah it's 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 really interesting because i feel like car culture um, has changed like even in my like brief t- like brief experience I I remember sort of all the all the laddie sort of car magazines Fast Car Max Power yeah. and like that whole ex- remember that sort of explosion from like I want to say the early 90s to sort of when did it sort of end 2004 2005 yeah where they that just, sort of thing and, and it sort of went from um, everyone buying Wolf Race alloys and like you know Trying to mod their own cars and add a bit of. I mean, I remember reading sort of like Max Power and people were buying bog standard cars and turned them into you know, some people spent uh, bottomless pits, didn't they? And yeah, did, did, did you ever sort of do anything for those sort of people and, and like as in the, the, the driving side and, and that side?
1: No, I was probably just a little bit young for it then, really. Um, I, I've been driving. Yeah. Just, I think, when did I start driving? I don't know, 2006, something like that. Oh, okay, um, right, okay. So I'll have just missed just it. missed out on all that kind of stuff. Like, I was aware of it, I was into the scene, but, like, yeah, I didn't have any experience, really, at that and, age.
0: And what was your first car? Peugeot
1: 306, two-litre <laughs> turbo diesel. Oh, wow. 90 horsepower. <laughs> I wish I'd never sold it, yeah. Amazing. It, Actually, but... I only sold it about a year or so ago, to be honest. Really? Maybe, it was two now, is it? 18 months or something yeah I've I've kept it um and I just kept it at the back of the drive and then a friend of mine needed a car and I said oh well look this has been like I've owned this for years like 10 years plus like it's a great car we've kept it um you know I'd much rather sell you this than you end up getting a lemon from someone else kind of thing (laughs) so I, I gave her it um you know a decent price and yeah and now i sort of walk past it funny enough she lives on my road so i walk past it sometimes and i'm like i want it back <laughs> and,
0: and is it still is it still as bulletproof as it was yeah yeah
1: i mean granted i think she shunted someone about a month after she had it so like <laughs> i reprimanded her for that however um brilliant car yeah really really good it,
0: it, it's it's come it's come a long way hasn't it like Car, car cultures and car designs, um, and and I sort of feel like um, at one point there was like the Corsa crew and and the Fiesta crew, yeah. and now a lot of cars sort of seem to look look similar. Like I know we're I know we're advancing, but everything like at one point you could tell a Renault and you could tell a Peugeot and you could tell different car designers. And now, I mean, I saw a new Corsa the other day, and I was like, looks like a Fiesta, like the way like the the whole things are starting to come into one and. I like the whole um, yeah, I've bought a car and I'm gonna to have to go and put a CD player in it.
1: I know, I love it. Like it's a bit sad that you don't have to do that anymore because what a joy. Like the day I bought head unit from yeah. Peugeot was like such a happy day. Yeah. <laughs> Just because um, it was like such an achievement, an amazing bit of technology and like that, yeah, that's easily pleased back then, weren't we?
0: Yeah, do you know what? Um, I I come back from Afghanistan in 2008 and I obviously saved a lot of money and I'd always wanted a Honda Civic Type R. Like it always been, um, Nighthawk black, like that whole, and for whatever reason, I just couldn't find the right one. Um, and I bought, I ended up buying a a Toyota Celica 190, And like, I went from like a two liter to this (laughs) just, and I I literally turned it into the Batmobile. Like it was black anyway. And I was like, black, black wheels, dude, tint the windows like and it had a double din in it and i was like and i went in and got a pioneer double din and i still remember it now it was 770 quid fitted and it was like once it was in i was like oh my god this is the best. <laughs> oh <laughs> this is the god. best thing ever and but that's what it that's what it did to you didn't it? you know like mo- yeah. modifying your own car and like god i used to wash that car once twice polishing it all the time and i was a nightmare like parking in morrison's i was like right if i park over there in the corner i, and I the...
1: still do that now it doesn't matter what car i'm in. i'll still park away from everyone because you know door
0: yeah
1: door. but go... it was cheaper though back then i know like we still spent a lot of money on it but it was actually cheaper and easier to modify cars yeah so you could go and get a body kit for a couple of hundred quid do you know what i mean and, and now i think styling has got better in a sense mm. um that cars look yeah. a little bit more sport in general and you don't feel the need to modify them so much but it's it's less accessible as well because it's an absolute fortune now
0: yeah and and, it, and it's gone it's gone away from that you can do it yourself sort of mentality yeah. to a point now where it's like you, you just can't do it can you and and, no. and then you have the whole thing of insurance companies and or you've you know warranties and and a lot of people don't own cars anymore like pcp yeah, well, Car that's ownership has com- yeah. completely changed. So
1: yeah, that's a massive factor as well, isn't
0: it? Yeah, you couldn't go and get a car out and then take it back to Evans Halshaw and they're like, "What's this?
1: Oh, well, I've put, <laughs> Where's the <laughs> <my> bumpers gone?" <laughs>
0: I've, I've put an aggressive body count and I've loaded um, twenty mil. No, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no. we we've got a problem. Um, what would be your favourite car?
1: You know what? That question is one of the hardest questions in the world. Well. Because- I oh. never know how to answer it because I yeah. can't choose one. What see my, my my answer back would be for what purpose?
0: Yeah, true. Purp- purpose is yeah. yeah. uh, <laughs> purpose is purpose is important. Have you got something that you have sort of always thought? Oh, I'd love to drive. I'd love to drive one of them. Or have you literally driven just about everything there is to drive?
1: Well, there's definitely cars I haven't driven for sure. But I think it depends on purpose massively because it's like. And, and budget do I have an imaginary budget mm. for this you know imaginary car but um I think a car that I've always wanted to own which actually isn't really an out of reach car it's just something that I've never really gone for because I've always been doing long work journeys mm-hmm. so I've never really I've always gone for kind of eco really in general yeah but, uh, I'd love a Nissan 350z yeah they're just a good all-round car. They're just they great handling car. I used to do tractors in one. Wow. They handle really really well. The loads are fun, but they're super practical as well. Mm. Y- you know, you can you, you can daily one, no problem, um, and they're not bad for drifting as well. So you know.
0: Well, <laughs> I was going to say that
1: <laughs> you can do a bit of everything in those. They're just really good.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the sort of worst like I, I always wanted like an Alfa Romeo, right? Like I I loved Alfa Rameos and obviously I'd heard all the rumours and then I bought an Alfa Romeo GT um, and it was, I think it's the best looking car I've ever owned, but mechanically, me and my mechanic just became best friends. <laughs> like it was, it no, was,
1: <laughs> it was
0: absolutely, every, every other week I'd be like, oh, what's like, there'd be a warning light on or there'd be in like there's all, there was, in an Alfa, there's always a noise.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's
0: always something. Just turn on. the
1: radio That's I what know. I've learned over the years. Yeah, no. the radio
0: <laughs> I, I, I say this sometimes. I say to people, own an alpha, but not for too long. um <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know what the brand. I mean, it's always a good looking car. I don't know what the new ones are like, but the one I had was an O five, and it was had it like six months, and then it like the, the bills just started becoming ridiculous. I was oh. like, it's time. It, 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 so it's <laughs> t- no, it's, it's time to uh, it's time to move on. And um, I was watching a, a, a thing on your website today of a Porsche Boxster. And I looked at that car first. I was like, (laughs) what even is it? Like I couldn't even make out what it is. Like before you said a Porsche Boxster and then they put a, they put a, um, R8, did you say an R8 engine in it?
1: Um, Audi RS4 engine. RS4. Wow. Yeah. Um,
0: what was that like? It looked amazing. It looked a lot of fun. (laughs) It's a bit of
1: kit. Yeah. It's a, it's a good bit of fun. Um, yeah, it's owned, it's owned by a friend of mine, Rob, um, he yeah he's a great friend of mine um as is his missus and his team um we we were friends for a long time um through rallycross mainly yeah um and we well rob was going to be going to Coventry Motorfest when they opened it up to actually shut the the bypass basically
0: um, mm. and
1: use the bypass to do to do runs i mean they weren't competitive runs really it was just okay. kind of a crowd pleaser and you know yeah um but yeah, Rob said, get yourself in the car. You, you're going to go out in it. And I obviously said yes. Um, and it's it's got some good power. It's got some really good power behind the back. Just wants to orbitate the front. It's a good bit of fun. You've got to learn how to you know, handle it. Um, yeah, I'd love some more seat time in that. It's a, it's a pretty cool car. But yeah, um, Rob and his very good friend and mechanic, Hannah, Um we actually went out and did the, the Sky One show. So that's kind of another lead wow. on from the Porsche. That's yeah. why we chose a Porsche for that, because Rob works for a, a Porsche um, like parts specialist. So he right. goes Porsche inside and out, out. as does Hannah, because she um, mechanics on his, his Rallycross car for him.
0: Wow. What, what's the Sky One thing? What's it all about?
1: Um, it's a crazy time. One of the best, most horrendous things I've ever done. Wow. <laughs> <In one> go. <laughs> wow. Um, but unbelievable experience. Um, basically, we kind of, we got wind of Sky 1 and a media team that were running it at the time, uh, yeah. this programme, wanting contestants for the show. Yeah. Um, so we applied just... As cost. you do. Yeah. yeah. Didn't think we'd get anywhere. Um but yeah, we got a call back and then we got another and another and got through each stage to the point where I was actually on the train to Manchester Airport.
0: Nice. And I got
1: a call to say, you're, you're in as a team, you're in. You're gonna wow. Go, you're going to go to South Africa and you're going to film this programme. So we were all just like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> yes. Crazy times. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anyone believed it until we were actually there. Wow. Um, yeah, so basically the idea was it was called Carnage.
0: <laughs> Closing the name.
1: <laughs> and it was. It absolutely was. Um, yeah. The idea was there was thirty teams. We everyone had built their own sort of Mad Max style weaponized vehicle, and we actually wow. just smashed the holy hell out of each other in the middle of the desert in wow. various different challenges. So yeah, it was. Um, it was interesting. We'll say that.
0: <laughs> um, is that has that aired? Does that? is that long oh yeah um, okay. let's
1: see when, when to find it 18 months ago if you can find it let me know because no one can find it anywhere now it kind of aired and we were in rumors of a, a series two and then that never happened um yeah and we can't and, find it anywhere so
0: and was it like a destruction derby sort of thing or
1: it was i you seen robot wars
0: yeah, right yeah.
1: yeah it was that but with people in
0: <laughs> wow um
1: basically <laughs> and, and
0: so the premise was you got given what well, you had to choose a chassis and then you got given loads of parts and just went right build something
1: kind of we they basically gave us free rain to a degree um wow. they they said design something and we'll okay it basically <laughs> so um we chose a Porsche because we were we were told various different scenarios of what we would be doing but very vague so we kind of nice. had to uh, make it up so we ended up Porsche uh Boxster on, like, Land Rover wheels and tyres, basically. Better <laughs> be, slightly better for the desert. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh. And we just had to... We had to strip the whole thing. We sent it off for them to put the safety equipment in, which I'm playing fast and loose with the term safety, I think. But anyway, that's a different yeah, story for yeah. a different day. Um, and then we, they sent it back to us with stuff like cage and fire extinguishers fitted. And then we had to basically build and design the car around that. So wow. everything was, like, 5 mil plated steel. Um, everything was armored. Everything was covered. I couldn't get in and out the driver's door. That was all completely armored up with steel. So I had to climb over and get out the passenger side. Wow! We had to choose various weapons on our cars. What? Um, When you
0: say weapons, what like as in like a jousting thing or something? Or
1: we could, within reason, we could have whatever we wanted. So we chose
0: (laughs) bonkers. I
1: know. Well, obviously, I mean, we couldn't have um, military grade weapons, of course um but we had to be as brutal as we could so it was stuff like spikes um, we had a cat of nine tails on the back so I had a lever inside the car um, wow. which when obviously I chose I could pull this lever and it would release basically a, a cat of nine tails off the back and it would just puncture whoever's tires it hit wow uh, we had a smoke bomb release in the car as well so I could get potentially get away from people that didn't happen you'll see when you watch it right. <laughs> I, got, I got got um uh, we had a paintball gun, so we had a, a really small slat out front. Yeah. Arm, so wow. I could use it, like a bit like a tank, <laughs> uh, with Class. a paintball gun. Yeah, so that was, in theory, that would get people's windscreens with the paint.
0: Yeah, so they clear. couldn't see. Yeah, 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 so it was yeah. stuff
1: like that. When we say weapons, it was stuff like that. But um, Wow.
0: Um... And were the other teams from the UK, or was it like around the world sort of combat? Like it was
1: all UK, yeah. Wow, UK people, yeah. And
0: and yeah. what was the sort of um, what other vehicles was on shore? There must have been a Land Rover. God have been.
1: There was a lot of that sort of chassis, yeah, for sure. Um, mm. We had, I mean, there was there was a team that made a, a Hell Kitty, not Hello Kitty, oh. bright bright pink <laughs> Mark One Ford Focus on like this big sort of Land Rover chassis, um, yeah. Wow. so it looked kind of it was very apocalypse
0: very sort of steampunk, yeah. like yeah it was it, really cool it sounds like have you seen death race like with jason's it it's was, all
1: <laughs> it was basically that but real life
0: <laughs> wow and and we you and obviously there was tasks like first one over the line first one to do this first one to do that sort of thing i was just just, just mm-hmm. get in there and smash each other
1: yeah, second, second one, really. Um, wow. We were kind of promised various <laughs> different um, challenges, should we say. Yeah. So one of the challenges was going to be a desert race. Mm-hmm. So, Apart from the fact that between Rob and Hannah, the, the knowledge of Porsche between them was immense. So any repairs would be lightning mm. quick. Um, another reason we chose it was for its agility, because we knew, as soon as it was desert, we knew that everybody near enough would be choosing a four by four, there'd be yeah, road vehicle, which does make a lot of sense. Um, but A, we like to be different. Um, B, it's their knowledge about the car, which was going to be a really good thing for us. Yeah. Um, and C, the desert race. So everyone's going to go for these huge. And by the time you arm them up, they're going to be three, three ton plus. Three
0: ton. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, let's choose the Porsche. It's smaller. It's agile. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be, we'll absolutely smash the desert race. Um, the side of things anyway the way they basically filmed it was they decided not to run that first and we ended up out of the competition um before the desert race which was a real shame That's exactly what we built the car for really but
0: um it's it's dead interesting because uh deserts and vehicles is an absolute no-no and i'm speaking from I someone i'm speaking from <laughs> someone who who served in afghanistan yeah. and has had the pleasure of being in every single military tracks like everything and nothing really does well and you know you're talking about when the mod says to a company make us a vehicle to survive the desert you've got the best tech companies in the world working on these vehicles and they produce don't get me wrong they produce unbelievable vehicles but there's always a compromise between armor mobility Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: we ended up getting these things i don't know if you have ever seen it called a mastiff which was just like A box of metal that's what it was it was a box of metal and the the armor on this thing was just you know it could take rpgs all day long um the underneath was was sort of um designed so if an under if like a bomb went underneath underneath the plate armor was shaped so the explosion would follow through and just go up and around and not like unbelievably engineered but it's just something about sand in the desert. What it does to vehicles is yeah. just
1: cars are not biblical. I mean, to be honest, out of everything, the biggest problem we had was the fuel evaporating in the, in the fuel lines. So then you would end up with of not course. being able to start, start the car up. Um, I mean, again, it was a compromise. And I should just add in that we only had six weeks to build this thing. Yeah. So there was a lot of compromises made. And also it was designed for one use, really. So mm-hmm. there were certain things that we were happy to compromise on. Um, for the sake of it being good for that one or two drives wow. um, but yeah the fuel lines it was just so hot it was unbelievably hot um, and we had no real way of cooling it down I mean we found ourselves in the middle of the desert it was 50 odd degrees um, like middle of the day I mean you'll know what it's like the sun is beating off oh, the ground horrid.
0: Yeah.
1: and there's absolutely no relief from it and you're trying to function <laughs> that poor mm-hmm. car is trying to function and we ended up actually covering we had the obviously a cover over the engine yeah in the back um which is just a steel plate and we ended up desperately finding some white paint and painting the the cover just to try and get reflect a little bit of Of the the heat away um yeah that did cause a few problems but um it got us through yeah
0: yeah no it's um it's it's a fair it sounds brilliant and i'm i'm a bit disappointed that i missed a fly under the radar it sounds like it was like the, it sound like it was the greatest show ever um just getting that make us brilliant cars and then have a big fight in the desert like basically
1: yeah i mean it wasn't yeah. terrifying in the slightest
0: no and um, that's <laughs> that's that's something that i'm sort of interested in obviously when you when you in a stunt car or you race mm. it's not like getting in a normal everyday car you've got a a racing seat and you wear a neck harness and you've got a helmet and maybe you've got a roll cage. How safe do you feel when like, and you know, if you've had an accident, do you think I'll be safe in this no matter what? Or is there an element of like, holy shit, here we go.
1: Bit of both. I mean, it depends on the project and in general, I've never felt unsafe. Yeah. Um, The companies that I've worked with would never allow you to feel unsafe. Um, Carnage aside, (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i could tell you stuff but yeah. it's a whole other show yeah yeah um, cool. oh. <laughs> that that was a strange one cars w- there was a lot of the teams if not all the teams weren't happy with the safety that was put into the vehicles mm. and we weren't happy with what we were subjected to as well to be quite honest with you i mean looking back now and the experience i've got in the two years since yeah and the, the professional companies I've worked with in the two years since have really shown me what it should be like. Yeah. And the fact that you should never feel unsafe. I mean, you're mm. going to have sort of a little element of apprehension in, in various scenarios. Otherwise, it, you're not feeling it. You know, you're not doing yeah, yeah. with it. But yeah, you should never really feel unsafe.
0: Um, on your bio, on your Instagram bio, it's got your trainee driving instructor. Is it ADI? Um,
1: yeah so I'm training to get that qualification at the moment um part of what I do I I used to teach young young drivers yeah yeah 14 plus um on a private venue of course um and I do a lot of driver training as my part of my job anyway but yeah I was um studying for it before you know all of this, which is the collective UK term for COVID. Oh yeah, <laughs> all You're <right>. of this. <laughs> Yeah, all of this. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was kind of studying for that, and uh, obviously it's all on hold now. But yeah, we'll come um, back up later. It's
0: it, it's interesting. Um, we we rely on our technology now in cars to keep us safe, but I, I believe that the, the the problem is is. Um, Driving has become the secondary option in a car now because it's everything else. Like, oh, I've got an Instagram message. Oh, I've got a text. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I'll mess around with the fancy doubled in. Do you know, like, there's all this other extractions now. Um, and I feel like we, we, we're getting a false sense of security because we're told, oh, it's five-star rating this and it's got this and ABS and, and all these fancy things. When realistically, if you just paid attention um
1: 100 (laughs) um it it infuriates me no end bad driving yeah um not everyone's going to be on the same level and i understand that but i think you're completely right i think there's there's a lot of safety um features within vehicles now which don't get me wrong are amazing and fantastic however it's taken away the responsibility of the driver yeah. to be a safe and good driver. Yeah. Um, and that for me, that's a huge concern because driving standards have dropped. Terrible. Dramatically. Um, and in turn, you've got more accidents, more incidents, more danger on the road. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, a lot of that is to do with, um, you know, distractions that we didn't have before. Like you've got your phone, you can see Facebook pinging and everything like that. Mm. um, but you've also got that, oh, it's all right. I don't need, I don't need to worry. I've got ABS. ABS will stop me. I'm
0: yeah. Worried.
1: No, it won't. It might It'll, stop your it, wheels locking up. Yeah. So it potentially will stop a skid. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that you don't need to, you can be blase about it, um, unfortunately. It's a very difficult one because I'm a massive advocate for it. I'm, I'm now um, chairman of my local Rodar group, which is kind oh, prosper. Um, brilliant so I did my I got involved with them last year and I did my my own exam um, when I joined and passed with a gold which I must say I'm very proud of yeah um (laughs) really proud of that um it meant a lot actually because I mean I've been driving for uh, I don't know 14 or something like that yeah um still 21 (laughs) and um and so for me i i mean i've said for a long time i think people should be retested sort of every 10 years or so i think this is a great think, idea yeah standards really really need to be looked at and for me that was a great thing. i wanted to put myself through it because of my job i know i'm a good driver i'm confident i'm a good driver but mm-hmm. that's not to say i hadn't picked up any bad habits, habits. that's not to say i was perfect Could learn, so i said no i'm going to go and do this um and it's a nice achievement to have so i did it um like I say, passed with a goal, which I was actually surprised at, which is brilliant. Um, and then I'm I'm now chairman of our local group, so I'm a big advocate for like road safety and.
0: I, I, that's no, you you absolutely um, bang on bang on the head, and I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I've never spaded and I've never done and I've never cut oh, anyone up. Like yeah, no, one yeah, an angel. like you, you you do make you do make mistakes. Um,
1: absolutely, everybody does.
0: But I cool. think it's a it's a great point to say. Um, every ten years, you you go and get you go and get retested, or you go and get um a, an assessment, whatever we want yeah. to call the word. And and I also feel like um, there's a lot of people out there who they, they walk into a garage, and it's not the salesman's fault. Anyone they say, I, I like a new car, right? Here's this brilliant service plan, right? Brilliant, and they drive it. And actually, if anything goes wrong, and what I mean by anything is a flat tire um coolant engine oil like daily and they're like yeah. my car won't. this have you done this like flat battery for example i'll tell you what's going to happen covid19 this is like everyone who hasn't <laughs> driven the car for weeks <laughs> on end will go to the car turn it nothing yeah. they'll be like right get, where's the air or where's green flag yeah car won't start when the last time you started it seven weeks ago yeah. right well your immobilizer still draws power um yeah. If you've got a dashboard camera and it's recording, that's still drawing power. All of these, all right, so what do I need to do? Do you have a power pack? No. Right, well, we'll be coming around then, but your premium's going up next year because you've called Mm -hmm. us out. But it it doesn't need... Like, people have lost that basic mechanic, like, fault-finding procedure to go, hang on. This car, to do this, this car must... Right, I must do that. Um, I mean, even people have, like, putting in the wrong fuel or putting engine oil into the coolant it's like what are you doing (laughs) like put it. have you ever thought about is is there any like scope as a business to run like a basic morning or day course where it's like we will teach you how to do these i don't say mundane but basic Basic everyday yeah i've
1: I've actually genuinely thought about this before and tied with the idea i I don't know how to roll it out but yeah 100% what you're saying because i'm not i mean i'm I'm mechanically minded, but I'm not a mechanic by any stretch. Yeah. Um, but I understand the basics of, of how cars work. Yeah. <laughs> I have to for my job, but um, I understand the basics of looking after my own car and how to perform basic checks and <sighs> unpopular opinion alert. I think everybody should. Um, and there's a, I know people aren't interested and I'm not saying they need to have an interest in it, but you should have an interest from the point of safety, if nothing else, I mean, there's, there's people I've seen friends carrying their children around in their cars with bald tyres.
0: Oh, tyres! And, tires
1: like, is... and I, I, it like it proper <sighs> grinds my gears because they mm. think I'm just like nagging, nagging, nagging on, and I probably am. Mm. But I'm like, yes, but you're carrying your family, not just yourself. You've got other people on the road. You've got your baby in the car, yeah. and you've got tires that are not only illegal; they're just beyond dangerous. If anything happened, you know you're not in a position to be able to stop safely. Like, yeah. For that reason alone, take an interest. You know.
0: Yeah, I am. I, um, I, I for what I do, I have a I have a, a, a seven seater now, right? Um, there we are, gone, gone from fast, fast cars to, to, dad, to dad, <laughs> dad cars. Dad's <can> real. <laughs> yeah. <be> real
1: now. <laughs> but
0: when I when I bought the roof box, right, second hand, um, the woman who I bought it off, like the roof box was fitted to the car and I was like, oh, have you you've been using it? And she was like, no, I just leave it on all the time and I was like, Phew. I was like, you must go through some juice and she was like, yeah. why would I go through juice? I was like, drag, drag. No. I was yeah. like, it's a big roof box, like unless you're using it, don't have it on your car. She's like, Oh, I did think I was spending a lot of money on fuel, and I was like, "What?" Like, but it's that thing. Like, you could teach that. You could say, "Look, if you're going to have something on your car which wasn't designed in the natural way of the car, then remove it." Don't you? You wouldn't drive around with a trailer if you weren't using the trailer. Yeah,
1: true. That's a very good (laughs) comparison. Yeah, it's right. It's 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 drag,
0: and and oh, it's it's thirsty. This car. Well, yeah, it's thirsty because you're driving around with a sail on top of your car. (laughs) Yeah,
1: basically but I
0: think I've never seen that anywhere Sarah and I think there is definite legs or wheels in running some sort of how to change a tyre how to change bulbs how to basic fault find basic problems I mean the amount of people I see in garages picking up oil and just looking at it thinking my car needs oil this'll do but is it the right oil for your car is it it's
1: extra virgin olive oil probably not it's amazing what I've seen people do to be honest it is amazing I mean I sort of, I kind of commend the guys and girls that get it wrong, really, because at least, they, <laughs> at least they're trying. At least yeah. they're doing something about it. I mean, like you say, you don't need to be, you know, knowing the ins and outs of your car. You'd have to be an expert and you'd have mm. to be a mechanic to do that. But yeah, basics. I mean, imagine if you could, if, imagine if you brought down, if in the middle of the M25 or whatever, yeah. and you get a puncture. If you've got your spare wheel and you know how to change it, you have gone. Mean, you, you and your family. You're off on your way. You're not at the side of the motorway in a dangerous position. You, you're off and gone, or even nah. just, like you say, topping it up with oil, topping it up with screen wash—basic stuff, really.
0: Yeah, no, it's it definitely you should. Well, I don't know if it's something that you thought about. I just, I've just personally, I've never seen anyone offering that anywhere, and I definitely feel like. 80% and, I, and I'd, I'd, I'd even come on something like myself just to sort of re-educate myself on some yeah. stuff myself it's yeah
1: to make sure the, you know yeah
0: um, th- there's no hardship and um, we we sort of talked about it before we went on the podcast but um how close are, uh, are women in, to getting into the top level of motorsport uh, where where would you say we are um are we two years one year five years 10 years
1: I, th- I think we're a long way off yeah i mean we are getting a lot closer which is brilliant yeah but i think i think regardless of what happens in in the foreseeable future it's still always going to be a male dominated industry Mm -hmm. i don't have an issue with that that's the way it is and that's fine um as long as women aren't being blocked from positions which unfortunately sometimes they still are in certain companies and stuff Um, i've experienced it myself unfortunately it still exists in this day and age to be to be blocked out of things but i think it's just that you've got to just keep pushing just keep Mm. pushing forward because if it's something you want to do and you've got the experience or you want to get the experience go for it i mean what's what's stopping you basically
0: and you mentioned before there there is women who are testing for f1 and 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 there is people really really on the cusp of it so like Uh, And we, you know, as a, not just a PR, but like a good move to make. If someone is, there's a position available, I I don't see the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like it'd be a great, it'd be a great move for whoever, whichever team took it on. And hey, be brave.
1: Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, if if that's what you want to do and you're getting yourself up there, I think, I think it's a lot, there are a lot more women involved in the driving side of things now, which is great. Yeah. Um. And I just think we need to keep pushing on and see how far we can get. I mean, we've got stuff like W Series and, and other things going on, which are getting women out there, you know, in the world of motorsport. And I think that's what we need. But um, yeah, definitely. I just think there's still a lot of outdated views, whether it's mm. subconsciously. I've found a lot of people, uh, a lot of men, throughout my years of being in motorsport, I've had a lot of comments from men they're not trying to be derogatory, but yeah, yeah, yeah. subconsciously they are being, because they're separating yeah. you from everybody else, just because you're yeah. female, and it's, it's very frustrating, but you do have to just take those with a pinch of salt, and kind of not let it get to you, because I yeah. know these people aren't setting out to be sexist, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think that the whole, it is shifting, but I, some I, areas I, need work.
0: <laughs> and how's, how's motorsport in general, um, with all of these sort of big cancellations of all these big events and, and and COVID, how is it sort of holding up in this crisis? Like, where will you lose any of the sort of big teams who just can't sustain not racing and not being sponsored and not going to events? Are we going to lose certain companies and certain teams?
1: I think there's always a possibility of that happening. Yeah, um, I mean, the industry in general is just at a halt right now. I mean, mm. I haven't really, I haven't done any more spot work since March. Wow. Um, well, any automotive work since March, um, yeah. which just feels like forever ago. Um, so I think everybody, kind of in my industry, is really really struggling with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I think I think there's a risk of a lot of people being affected financially. Mm. Um, maybe the bigger teams will be okay. Maybe they've got stuff in reserve. But I think some of the smaller, especially clubman teams, people are using the hard earned to race, and if their income's been affected, then we don't know what state our championships are going to be in when we go back.
0: Because at the end of the day, uh, cars are notoriously expensive. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and and, and the, the level you're playing at, um, it, it doesn't matter if you're Ferrari or McLaren, when things are costing a lot of money, they cost a lot of money. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And stuff's still got to be paid. And, you know, teams, engineers, the whole thing is is affected, isn't it? It doesn't matter. I think one thing about this virus, which has sort of really shocked me, is it It doesn't matter if you're the littlest guy in the street or the biggest company in the world, like, everyone has took, took a knock. Um, and I just think, apart from going to space, I thought that was class. I was like, I don't know why we don't go to space more. Um, we're better. Like, human beings are better when we're trying to get somewhere. When we're trying to break a barrier, we're better. Yeah. If we're yeah. just left to sit around and just point fingers, it's very, very tribal and it's not good. Mm. But when we're trying to push boundaries, like get into space and colonise the moon and Mars, when we've got a, a direction, yeah. we can get on point. Um, otherwise, we just end up going, going, going absolutely bananas. Um, How how's social media affected motorsport? Like, because I feel like it's, just, it's had good effects on everything it's come into contact with. Um, but how has it affected sort of motorsport?
1: I think in general it's a really positive thing. Um, I think I'd be on it a lot less if I didn't have business on there yeah, yeah. Um, as such. But yeah, I think I think it's it's made motorsport in some respects more accessible. Um, you've got a lot of championships now that a lot of their coverage is live now. A lot of yeah, their yeah. coverage is on social media, and the cost of that Amazing. is a massive drop compared to television coverage. Um, You can have live television coverage, but that costs obviously a lot again. So, I mean, you've got championships that have TV coverage and you have to wait two weeks to see that after Mm. the event. Whereas if you've got championships that are live streamed, you've got people who can't make it to the event, can watch it, it's accessible for everyone. Plus you can get a much wider spread on the viewing. Um, on social media yeah and, and obviously that pushes it out to more people who actually would never have seen it on the telly who actually might be just scrolling through and yeah. pops up on the news feed and they go do you know I'm going to go to the next one of them yeah and you end up with more spectators I think it's a really good thing in general yeah
0: and, and obviously people's favourite drivers or favourite teams are on social media and I feel like people can reach out and DM people and you know I mean that's how I did it with you I just sent you a message saying do you want to do the podcast so like People aren't, you know, they're, they're reachable. I mean, I don't know the likes of sort of Lewis Hamilton. I don't know if you can just DM Lewis and say fancy podcast. <laughs> he probably
1: won't reply. But <laughs> you never know. I've never tried, so maybe. But, um, well, but yeah. they, in general, people are more accessible. And it's, in a really odd way, it's sort of humanised it in an extent. Mm. Which is really ironic. But um, to to a point, it has, I mean, you've got, Back before Facebook, you had your idols, you had your, your racing drivers yeah, yeah. you looked up to. You would see them in a magazine or on the telly. Mm. That's it. Whereas now you get a, like a little in, it, like a little insight into their lives as well. <laughs> yeah, so you definitely. Can get, you know, a nice following in, for people in that way.
0: Yeah, awesome, um, Sarah. Uh, we're going to sort of look to close down the show, and um, you're the first guest in a long time. Um, I've now officially ended my COVID nineteen. <laughs> it's done. Line through. <laughs> finished thanks very much and um, so I've brought back the five watts the old school five watts right. so the first one what's the greatest piece of advice you've been given
1: it's please a tell me it's don't crash. yeah You're, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's more of a yeah an obvious than an advice yeah. um but <coughs> I think it's a difficult question because been a lot of valuable advice I've had off a lot of different people but I think never give up it's yeah. the best phrase that I'll always remember. And it sounds a bit cheesy and a bit not. Na- but it is right. Like you mentioned earlier, if there's something you really want to do,
0: mm.
1: what's stopping you? Mm. There's always going to be obstacles. Yeah. But if you sit back and think, oh, no, I can't do it. Well, then you won't. Yeah. If you just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing, you're going to get somewhere. Yeah, you might not get to the top, but yeah. you'll get a lot further than if you just sat on your backside. So no, yeah, no we'll never give up
0: fair enough um second one what's on your bucket list that's either professionally or or personally
1: um a bit of both but i've got yeah. a couple of things really on my bucket list um i really really want to get out on a track with my dad me in one car him in another
0: and have That's race yeah yeah
1: that's a big <laughs> a big bucket list um i'm not sure how well that'll end <laughs> Um, I really, really want to drive in the live action arena at Autosport International. Right, cool. I've worked um, with the Rallycross and other companies there for, I don't even know how many years, it's it's better than Christmas. Um, (laughs) It's it's in January, so it's like, I look forward to it every year. Um, I love it. And yeah, I've been involved in the live action arena, but I've never driven in it. And that's a massive, massive goal for me. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I'd love to do that.
0: Awesome. Um, third one, what's been your toughest day?
1: Professionally, one of the toughest days I had was I'd been involved with a race championship for eight years. Yeah. Alongside, but not actually working with, working separately, but, you know, keeping out of each other's way. Another photographer, because I do a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, who, out of the blue, took exception to me being there well he'd always had an issue with me but I just kept out of his way um and he complained although I'd done nothing wrong I was doing the same thing I did every week but he had an issue with me being there and unfortunately his mate had just taken over as manager and it was so like you're uh... not welcome anymore and that like that broke my heart that because it was a real passion of mine that I enjoyed for eight years and I mean if I'd made a mistake kick Mm. myself for it and hold my hands up and deal with it but when you've not done anything wrong that's a really really hard thing to swallow so that professionally was a really Mm. difficult thing for me.
0: Ego is a hard thing for some people to let go and it
1: 100% is yeah yeah
0: and that that's his ego not allowing him to to think well two people can breathe in the same space and 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 find a mutual way to 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 thrive
1: That's it. Um, he was the official team photographer um, for, for those years, mm. and I wasn't. Um, I was really there kind of for the fun of it, you know, yeah. just for the experience and just because I really enjoyed the sport. And I'd never, never once tried to,
0: yes. you,
1: you know, undermine whatever he was doing. I'd never, he did his thing and I did mine, and I was happy with, more than happy with that. Mm. But yeah. As soon as his friends took over, he took that opportunity to get rid of me, basically
0: my ego will be the downfall of anyone who has one 100 yeah. um yeah. without a doubt uh fourth one what's been your happiest day professionally or personally
1: um professionally again there's probably been obviously a lot of happiness, yeah hopefully. <laughs> um but there's been a few that kind of stick in my mind i guess i mean you've got when we flew out to south africa to do yeah class uh the sky one show i mean that was just surreal and what an opportunity that that'll never you know leave me um there was an event i did uh with rolls royce i was very very fortunate to be asked to be um basically one of their drivers for the day for a promotion they were filming for the new uh black badge cullinan that they were launching And I wasn't in the Cullinan. Somebody else was in that. But there was there was four of us there. We all had a Rolls Royce, and we were on a secret uh, ex-military base. And at one point, I was sat in a Rolls Royce (laughs) in the middle in pitch black darkness in the middle of a a, like an empty nuclear silo.
0: Wow, amazing!
1: With no door at the front, and we were Mm -hmm. waiting for the go on the radio. And when when the go, we turned the engine on. When they said go again floor it fly out the tunnel and there was cameras outside filming oh, amazing. it was it was just such a surreal moment we kind of sat and looked at each other across from each like each car looked at my colleagues and we were like what um are you really doing this, this
0: is crazy. <laughs> what 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 voice were you in
1: i was in a dawn that right day. yeah wow. the, the convertible it's wow. not even my favorite the wraith the wraith is my baby I, yeah. I, I pray for that one every time i go but any any i'll i'll take any
0: Do- Rolls Royce always strike me as a company that just do everything like immaculate. Is that how they are? are they just immaculate in everything they do, just ten out of ten, a thousand out of a thousand, all the time.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent for sure. Um, mm. They are very specific in the way they operate, and they're mm. very what's the word? Very precise. Yeah. And very. Um, can't think of a word that is good enough to, to describe <laughs> that,
0: yeah precise just doesn't even cover it yeah, yeah everything is
1: everything mm. is perfect you know you, you get training i've had their white glove chauffeur training wow um, because i have to take clients um in the vehicles and there's even ways that you have to walk around the vehicle ways you have to open the door everything has to be just so and it's to to outsiders sometimes it seems like a little sort of Pinnickety, but when you've got clients who are within the brand, yeah, or we're welcoming them to the brand, they've made a big investment in something that's really special, and it, we're not putting them into a focus,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, we, yeah. we're, we're
1: putting them into Rolls-Royce. potentially what, what we believe is the best automotive vehicle that mm. you can possibly get in the world. And that
0: experience must be perfect for them. Ten out of ten. No, there's yeah. um, there was a story not too long ago. Um, a, a a sort of a famous YouTuber had bought a Ferrari, and he 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 had it spray painted a certain color, and basically Ferrari got wind of it and sent him a sort of like, mm. <laughs> I
1: can with, imagine what you could say.
0: Do not like that. For like, real furious with him. Like, saying yeah. we we'll, you will never let you own another Ferrari ever. Like.
1: Yeah, you've you, wrecked it. You've wrecked, you've
0: wrecked a thing of yeah. beauty. Like we are Ferrari. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. we don't care who you think you are. We know who we are, and yeah, it left the showroom in that colour for a reason. And yeah, he, he spray painted like, like a like a, a, a luminous sort of like green, and it was like it was an awful colour. And I was like, mm. and then and then like they talked about it on another podcast. saying, yeah, you know you're in trouble when you get a letter from Ferrari saying <laughs> yeah. um, you're never owning a Ferrari again. So. Yeah, like certain brands have like, you can't do this because we are. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like this is...
1: Yeah, that's, and it, it that's does us. sound a bit over the top and maybe sometimes it is, but I think I'm really lucky, really fortunate that I do get to work with Rolls-Royce along with other brands. But mm. when you learn about the history of the brand and the heritage mm. and everything else, it does, it gets a little place in your heart. It sounds a bit cheesy, but it does. It, it takes a little bit of your heart up and you... You, you, you appreciate the British engineering and you appreciate mm. the heritage of it. And then you you can see, I mean, sitting in, amazing, yeah. because you can look at the instruments and you can see...
0: The precision in the, the craftsmanship. Precision,
1: the, every, yeah, everything's yeah. handmade. You can see the hand stitching. You can see... Mm you can see why they've designed it like that and the reasons behind certain mm. things. And that's really special. It's a, it's a really special vehicle to be in.
0: Yeah, they are proper amazing. Um, Fifth and final one. Um, yeah. What's next?
1: Well, if I'm ever allowed out of the house again, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got loads of things. I tell you what, this year was going to be the best year. I had so much <laughs> plans. Yeah. I had so much work hooked <laughs> in that I'd worked really hard for. And it's, <laughs> all gone so hopefully it'll all pick back up again um when things get a little bit more normal but um a big thing is me and my dad we've got two cars to get ready um we don't fully know obviously i want to race one but yeah we just want to get them finished and get them ready um we unfortunately lost a friend last week to covid
0: oh and sorry
1: no oh, thank you we we really really want to push and get this car ready um in honor of him now because was right. involved with us and with the car Right. So that's a big push for us now to get that ready and that's a, a nice thing to look forward to to get out mm-hmm. and keep it running and, and do that in honour of him. So that's yeah. that's a really big one on our list. Um just getting back to work might be quite nice, which I know yeah. I would say, but go back to work. But a bit of normality, um yeah. being able to earn properly again will be lovely, um, and enjoy the jobs that, that I've been doing um and hopefully uh, pursue a few new opportunities as well um i had various different training i had some stunt training booked which is gone um and i want to finish my adi qualification and get that boxed off so
0: brilliant Lots brilliant to you. <laughs> brilliant sarah thanks very much for your time um, where can people find you on social media websites
1: yeah so saraholmottesport.com um and the same on instagram and facebook saraholmottesport and you'll find me there
0: Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh the super impressive Sarah Hall. Uh, chase your dreams. We only get Absolutely. one shot at this life uh, and don't spend it wishing, spend it doing. Sarah, thanks very much for your time. It's been great speaking to you and great to get to know you and I'll catch, you, catch you soon. Cheers, man. Thank thanks you. very much. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.